Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 3 of Gerard at Large. I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us, because we just want to be loved. All right, coming up this hour is Felix Alvarado from the Straight A Academy. For our Is Our Children Learning segment here on the Dry at Large radio show. And uh, before that, I want to share a couple things that uh, happened at the Curriculum and Instruction Committee of the Board of School Committee here in Manchester at its meeting on Tuesday. And I want to use it as evidence of what school districts in general do. No, I'm not running down the school district. Um, I'm, I'm trying to show you how bureaucracies work. And it's important that we understand how bureaucracies work, because as far as I'm concerned, the education of our children in government schools is focused on two, two all-powerful groups. One's a rock, one's a hard place, and everybody is stuck in between. You have the government bureaucracy on one hand, and you have the unions on the other. And in between those two sides of the vice grip are the the parents, the teachers, and the taxpayers. And bureaucracies have a certain mode of operation in education. And uh, among that, you know, (laughs) which I think is characterized by the the latest and greatest fad in education. And I I don't want to say I had a conniption fit at the Curriculum and Instruction Committee meeting, but I think it's a meeting you should watch. Because, uh, you know, I, I finally just had enough with all of these people talking, uh, talking to us about the need to train teachers to do stuff that human beings have been doing for decades. The proposition I, I, I made was, you know, if we taught our, our kids how to read and write the English language the way we teach them how to read and write and speak a foreign language, we'd probably solve most of our problems. The letter A is pronounced A or A, depending. The letter B, the letter C. We don't teach the kids mechanics of words anymore anywhere. Because for the for the minority of kids who couldn't grasp things by the normal paradigm, we didn't come up with ways to help kids who struggle for whatever reason. We revamped an entire system that caused more kids to struggle. And now what we, we keep going in search of all of these new methodologies to fix the problems that we created when we departed from the tried and true in the first place. So at our meeting in September of the Curriculum and Instruction Committee, we were presented with this uh, update on something called the Leslie Literacy Initiative. And we were regaled with all of the wonderful gains in professional development and how wonderful it was going to be for the kids and da-da-da-da-da. We're in year four of this program brought to us by the prior administration when the district was doing just about anything it could to throw stuff up on the wall and hoped that something stuck. And they were talking about the you know, the, 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 the scores and what's called the, uh, it's called running records, I believe it is. And the only scores that we got, despite the fact that every one of our elementary schools uses this running records thing, the only scores we got were for the schools 
the three schools that were in the pilot program. I said, well, that's great, but how do I know that this is actually, I have nothing to compare this to. I want to see the data from the other schools to know whether or not the money we're spending, and it's been almost a quarter of a million dollars on this, you know, intensive development of teachers and their ability to teach reading. Now, we're part of a pilot program. We're part of a study. And this is how education works, right? So big university like Leslie says, hey, we want to pilot a program. And school districts like Manchester say, okay, we'll pay you to be part of your study. It's supposed to work the other way around. Would you pay to belong to a study? No, the people who want you to participate should pay you. But I digress. One of the things we did, we said, we want to see that contract. That contract, oh, one of the things we learned, by the way, is that one of our elementary schools that started with the program pulled out. I happen to notice that that school has seen better improvements in its student reading scores than any of the schools that are in the program. When you compare, I mean, two, one of the schools in the program has seen a noticeable uptick in its teaching, a noticeable uptick in the English scores. Two of them have, one of them has uh, remained flat, and the other has taken one hell of a nosedive from where it started. But when you take a look at the other 11 elementary schools in the city of Manchester and you compare the data, which they tried to say may be faulty because, well, we don't know exactly how the schools are, you know, um, assessing these scores. Oh, great. So even when you have a consistent basis of comparison, the bureaucrats say, well, it may not actually be consistent. crazy so we're taking a look at this one of the schools and i'm not going to mention any schools because i don't want to point any fingers i don't want any one of the schools that's not in the program started in the program and dropped out we paid a twenty-two thousand five hundred dollar penalty to the company whose study we agreed to participate in for that school dropping out i want to talk to the principal of that school and find out why they dropped out because when i asked why did they drop out I got the deer in the headlight look from the person who is responsible for managing this program in the district. Really? You don't know? Well, I'd like you to go to that school and find out what they're doing with their reading program because I see consistently increasing scores, double-digit percentages in the increases. Why aren't we studying what we're doing in our own district to see what's working and helping to transfer that knowledge to other schools in the district that could use the help? Why are we spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on pilot programs of unproven methodologies? Oh, but it's exceptional professional development. Did you see the students, uh, the surveys of the teachers about the quality of the professional development? Yes. And how do I juxtapose that against the non-quality improvement in the test scores? Well, the first year is this kind of training, and the second year is that kind of... So are you saying, what, we have to go through this for five years before the methods being used, being taught, are used? Oh, no, we're using them as we teach them right along. So why am I not seeing an improvement in the test scores like I am in so many of the other schools? But what really... (laughs) 
but what really cost me to, to, to lose it was when the, the, the person before the committee said, well, you just have to sit back and watch because the results are coming. Now, we're four years into this, maybe five. I forget which. It's, it's hard to get a straight answer out of anybody. And I said, you know, I pulled my kids out of I've pulled my kids out of schools where the principal said to me, it's going to take time to correct these things. And you ask how much time and they say, well, we're not sure, but it's going to be a period of years. Well, great. So that means for years, my kids have got a substandard education. I said, you know, a kindergartner is only a kindergartner once. A first grader is only a first grader once. If what we're doing in the classrooms is substandard, then why are we going to take our time to fix it? What are we going to do about the kids who are disadvantaged by it? That doesn't ever seem to really be at the top of their concerns. And from year one to year two, most of the schools, we saw a dip. And even Superintendent Vargas pushed back on this with the person said, well, we told you to expect. And she she had some name for it, some principal, some researcher, some this. Whenever you start a new program, you see a dip. Well, we told you to expect that dip. I said, yeah, but you also told me that you weren't really fully using the method. So why am I seeing a dip if you're not actually using the method? Well, we are using the method. So why am I seeing a dip if it's better? Well, because of so-and-so's principle. I said, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm looking at other schools in our district who aren't using this program, and I don't see that dip. Superintendent Vargas said, no, you don't necessarily see a dip. That's not par for the course. Ah, okay. So we're making progress. But they bring these unproven things in. And I said, what is the problem that we're trying to solve? I said, I know I was in elementary school a long time ago, but has the sound of letters changed? Oh, well, you have to understand the demographics of the population. Oh, that would be what George Bush said was the soft bigotry of low expectation. I said, really? I said, Does the letter A sound any different for a poor student than it does a wealthy student? Do we put commas in different places for poor kids than rich kids? I said, you know, if we were teaching the fundamentals of our language, our vocabulary, our letters, our sounds, how they worked, if we were teaching kids how to diagram sentences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, maybe we wouldn't have the literacy problem that we have which is not unique to the city of Manchester. I get that demographics provide challenges that we need to overcome, but those challenges don't require entirely new paradigms of instruction on how to teach. I said, you know, I'm reminded of a comedian who once said that smart people study things that everybody else does naturally. We've been teaching people how to read, write, speak, and do math for centuries. Why is it so hard now? You know why it's so hard? Because we come up with a bright idea Not knowing what problem we're trying to solve, but someone trying to look smart. And we come up with a new way of doing it. Despite the fact that the overwhelming majority of people who were doing fine with the old way, were doing fine with the old way. And we create more people who become dysfunctional. Then guess what? We need a new program. We need a new program to go fix what we just broke. Rather than just saying, oops, that didn't work. Let's go back to what we know did work. And for the, for the minor percentage of people, of kids who don't learn by that method for whatever reason, let's come up with an answer for them rather than changing everything for everybody 
so that you create more problems. And guess what? More smart people have to go and study for decades and years how to do it differently. So we're spending all of this time coming up with new methods of doing something to fix what we broke when we stopped doing the tried and true method of doing it. Oh, it's exasperating. And that was only one of them. The committee also recommended that the board should adopt the new Manchester academic standards in science, which are the next generation science standards. And my objection to that on its face was, gee, I guess we didn't learn from the process we went through when we created the Manchester academic standards in math and English, because here we are, all due respect to the teachers involved. Following the exact same process, why do we think we're going to get a different result? Three years from now, we're going to be scratching our heads saying, oh, my head, what happened to us in science? Oh, yeah, we went through the same faulty process. And I said to the people, "Is nothing against you. I, I respect and appreciate your work. I know you're doing your best, but you know what? It's the environment. You're science teachers, right? If you put something in one environment, it's going to act entirely different than if you put it in another environment. Were there parents involved? Was there higher education involved? Was there industry and business involved? Who other than yourselves took a look at these standards? What input did you take from anybody other than yourselves and what they should be? This is the problem we have. We talk about college and career ready, and we don't talk about the people who run colleges and provide careers. All I wanted to do was table what they did so that we could open up the process to additional scrutiny to get additional feedback and input. I said, oh, by the way, can we please first fix what we need to fix with the math and science, math and English standards before we go add something that we're likely going to have to fix on top of it? What is wrong with the current standards that we need to change them? Well, um, well, that came out of committee three to two with myself and Lisa Freeman opposed. But just so you know, folks. This is how bureaucracies everywhere work. They break things to create problems. They come up with solutions to the problems they created by breaking something. They close the loop so nobody from the outside can actually look at them and say, why don't you just do what you did before you broke it? And then they complain that they don't have enough money or personnel to get the job done. You want to know why education is as expensive as it is? You just got a 15-minute lesson on the stupidity of how this works. This is Gerard at Large. 